0: Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed to tell you this story. Hi, little D's. I'm back. Welcome back to Barely Bearable. This is episode 48. Episode 48, guys. Oh, my God. So I have an embarrassing story. So as you know, I've been applying to a bunch of different jobs. Um, I've been using Indeed and LinkedIn and all these other jobs where you could quick apply and you, you press apply and it asks you a couple of questions. And basically, your application is sent in. Well, I applied, I guess, to a talent agency, and the talent agency reached out and says, hey, we'd love to interview you. I said, absolutely, let's set up an interview. So we set up an interview, but the problem is I have no idea what job it's for. I tried looking. I tried looking on the website. I tried looking on uh, Indeed. I couldn't find it. So I'm like, how am I going to prepare for a job that I have no idea what it is? So I asked them what job it is. I probably shouldn't have because 15 minutes before my interview, they messaged me saying, Hey, the position has been filled. Thank you for applying. So, um, I think they're lying. And I think that Atlas entertainment doesn't want me. No, it's the Atlas talent agency. So I don't want you either. Atlas talent agency. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of embarrassed about that, but I had no way of knowing, you know, cause I applied to, I'm not kidding, probably 70 jobs this, the past two weeks. And, um, they applied, they, I mean, they reached out to me from their actual HR. So I, I can't search that email in my um, inbox. It's not going to come up. I, I have no idea what job it is. So I didn't get the job, which is fine um i have other i have other stuff cooking so we'll see where that goes but um rookie mistake but what what was i supposed to do i i genuinely have no idea what i was supposed to do i was my hands were tied i should have i guess waited for now see i don't know i don't know i was gonna wait for the job interview and subtly ask but how do you subtly ask what job is this (laughs) for anyway welcome back little d's um it's spooky month. It's officially spooky month. I love that spooky season. Love the spooky season. Everyone has been asking me to talk about the spooky season, but um, we have some, we have some business we got to take care of first. First, I want to talk about the many saints of Newark. It's the prequel to the Sopranos. I'm a huge Sopranos fan. I think it's one of the best shows that was ever on television. And if you haven't seen the Sopranos, give it a chance um, I have a friend currently watching it, and she couldn't really relate to the two episodes. Then she started watching more, and now she's hooked. So shout out to Sabrina, who gave The Sopranos a chance. It's just so good. It's like dark humor, which I love. But um, who's texting me? Hold on one second. Ugh, it's a production job my friend sent me. What's What's your availability? I really want to get out of production. I really do. I, I talk about this all the time. So I'm trying to get out, but it sucks me back in. You know, I need money and it's fast cash and I know what I'm doing. I'm pretty good. Pretty good at my job. So I go back into it. But depending on what this job is and how much they're going to pay me, maybe I'll go back. Um, anyway, back to the many saints of new work. It was a highly anticipated movie. I think we found out they were making it three years ago. And, um, you know, COVID, then this, that, and finally was made. And I watched it. And it was terrible. I couldn't even, I was fast-forwarding. I was pausing. I was doing things. I just, I didn't like it. It was, it it did answer some questions, but I, I don't know. It just wasn't the best. It followed his uncles and whatnot. And I just wanted to focus on how Tony became the leader of, you know, New Jersey essentially like how like how did you guys get in the mafia you know I don't think we needed to see that um there was just I don't know it just wasn't a good movie I I did not like it at all but that's my opinion let me know if you guys liked it I didn't but it was uh Tony Soprano. Tony Sopranos it was James Gandolfini's son's first movie First of all, Ray Liotta was in it and I love him. I really do. But his face was distracting. I, I think he got some work done because it was very distracting. Um, so the movie got 73 on Rated Tomatoes, the 73 rating, but you can't really go off of that. Like who is Rated Tomatoes? Is it one person? Who are you? Is it one person living in their mother's basement in Staten Island rating movies? Like, why does your opinion matter? Anyway, I digress. The movie was terrible. Um, but Michael Gandolfini—he was adorable. That's uh, James Gandolfini's son. I think I just mentioned that. Um, he was adorable, and that's his first movie. And I'm I'm happy for him that he got to play his father. But I just thought it was awful. I couldn't even get through it. There's so much. Like, I wanted to know how did Tony and Carmela meet. There's just so much unanswered stuff. I just, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I'm curious if you guys liked it. Send me a DM. I'm curious. I love The Sopranos. I just, they did them dirty. I don't know about you, but I have plans October 15th. Do you know what my plans are? Could you, do you have any idea? In my calendar, I have, I'll give you the exact time. Crying to Adele's new album the whole day. I blocked off the whole day just to cry to her new album. Yes, Adele is releasing her new album and she did a live stream and she played like 60 seconds of it. And she's talking about how this album is going to be about divorce. And um, it's just it's going to be heavy. It's going to be very heavy. And I'm excited I think they had a good divorce, though, if that's even possible. They live near each other for the son, which is nice. But I, I've i been having a week. I've been mourning the loss of, my, I don't know, mourning the loss of my husband. I don't know. Mourning the loss of my marriage. I'm not married, nor am I in a relationship. But um, Adele makes you just feel it, you know? Boy, do I love her. So I'm excited for that. And I'm going to be. That's what my plans are for the weekend. So if you see me crying, mind your business. And go ahead and send me chocolate covered pretzels. You know? So I have a feeling we'll all be doing that this weekend. Um, Give me a shout out. What is your favorite Adele song? This album is going to be called 30, by the way. So I'm excited. Ooh, the next thing I want to talk about is. It was marked my calendar as well. Kim Kardashian hosting SNL. And in my opinion, this has been long overdue. Whether you like her or not, she is a pop culture icon. She really is. I don't care what you say. So people are like, I don't understand what she does. She does it all. She's a billionaire. She's a makeup line. She is a model, not a supermodel, but you know, she's just, I love the Kardashians. I do. I don't understand all this hatred. But anyway, um, she was on SNL and her monologue and the skits were so funny. I'm going to talk about some of the stuff she said. In her monologue, she goes, when they asked me, I was like, you want me to host SNL? I haven't had a movie premiere in a really long time. And actually, I had no idea the movie was even coming out. No one told me it was even premiering. It must have slipped my mother's mind. So it's funny that she came at her mom for basically pimping her out. Um, What else does she say? And guys, I'm so much more than a pretty face, good hair, and good makeup. Basically, I'm so much more than that reference photo my sisters show their plastic surgeons. I love that she said that. You have to have a good sense of humor to host SNL, and obviously, I think him did a good job with that. There's more stuff that I was like, "Whoa!" I was surprised that she talked about. Um, she talks about racial injustice and how that's a big cause of hers. Then she says, "It's because of my father that I met my first black person." Want to take a stab of who in the dark of who that could be? Then she says. I know it's weird to remember the first black person you've ever met, but OJ leaves a mark on you or several or none. Honestly, I still don't know. Then she says, one thing I'm proud of is that you could never call me a gold digger. Honestly, I don't even know how to become a gold digger. So then I ask my mom's boyfriend, Corey. (laughs) She came out everyone. I loved it. There's another one I really liked. Oh, she came at Kanye West. She says Kanye West is a genius, one of the richest black man in the in the world. And she ga- he gave her four amazing children. So when I came down to it, I divorced him for one thing, his personality. So she really went in on everyone, which I really liked. She ended her monologue saying that, I'm used to 360 people watching my every move. How many people watch SNL? Ten million. So tonight is just a chill night for me, and um, she goes into the skits and stuff. But um, I loved her monologue. She looked fantastic, and I'm just I'm happy for her because I remember her talking about. She had a, was it an agent or a business manager? I forgot which one it was, and I'm um, They were like, Kim, just so you know, you're not going to be on the cover of Vogue or anything. You're not really going to be doing this stuff. And they, they really doubted her. It's funny that she killed it. And she's just, she's a billionaire. So that agent or manager is kicking themselves in the ass. One notable sketch is she's with Pete Davidson. And this is an Aladdin sketch. She's Jasmine. And he is, I forgot the guy's name. They're on a magic carpet, and at one point, they kiss, and the audience loses it. I was surprised that they kissed, honestly. I thought they would do a fake one, but they did a real one, and I guess her and Ariana Grande are Eskimo sisters, so that happened. One of my favorite sketches is she does... It's called The Dream Guy, and she basically plays The Bachelorette, and it's a game show where you have to pick... You gotta give them a rose or whatever, and pick your next date or whatever. So there's all celebrities. It's Blake Griffin, Chris Rock, John Cena, Chase Crawford and I don't know who the rest are. Shade. And at one point she breaks character because she she calls on Amy Schumer and Amy Schumer comes out and um she Kim goes, "I've never felt this way about a woman." Then Amy Schumer says, "I accept this rose with both of my holes." And um Kim laughs and she kind of breaks character, which I thought was cute. Um, but other than that, she did pretty well, but I mean I would probably break character too if I was her. But um I loved it. I thought it was really good, so go ahead and watch that. You no know what I just realized? Blake Griffin was in that sketch and he dated um Kendall, Kendall Jenner for a minute. So I thought that was funny that he's in there with her sister. What else? Oh, Chris Rock was there, too. Oh, I wish I was at that after party. That would have been so much fun. Oh, yeah, Chris Jenner was in a couple of skits. She was good. Um, Chloe was in two sketches, I think. And, um, yeah, it was great. I wish Kylie was there, too. She Kylie needs to get dragged. I just don't think she has a sense of humor about herself. I don't. I don't think she could make fun of herself. You could tell. I think she's too insecure. I do love her, though. But um, in my opinion, she looks a little insecure. But, um, yeah, that's my wrap-up of pop culture for the week. And do you guys want to get into that spooky shit? I want to get into that spooky shit. Let's get into that spooky shit because it is Halloween season. I love Halloween. I love horror. Actually, I'm recording this um, Monday, October 11th, and tomorrow uh tuesday october 12th the scream the scream trailer comes out which is exciting and i'm seeing the new halloween movie this saturday which i'm excited about so i have a lot to look forward to in the, the spooky spooky season what else i just i love horror movies and um scream i can't believe they made another one so i'm looking forward to the trailer i really hope it um it goes well on the movie poster it says it's always someone you know then there's Ghostface face holding a knife who could it be is it someone that we know is it someone from the other movies the only people that have been in every movie are sydney dewey and gail weathers imagine if they're all all three of them are the killer i'm just speculating i don't know but um yeah, let's get into that spooky shit. Uh, th- today, we're going to talk about haunted New York City. New York City is very old and has lots of haunted neighborhoods, haunted hotels, haunted theaters. It's a very spooky place, and I thought that would be a great topic for us to talk about. So let's get into that. We'll talk about the first haunting. So the first one, we're going to go hard on this one. So the first one is actually called the House of Death, and it's the most haunted place in New York, they say. 22 people have died here between murders and suicides. Oh, I I should probably tell you what it is. (laughs) So it's a residential building uh, that they converted into a bunch of apartments, and it is located at... 856 West 10th Street in Greenwich Village in New York. And it is a beautiful brownstone surrounded by other beautiful brownstones. And um, the house had a very famous person live there. It used to be owned by Mark Twain, the author, and he only lived there for a year. He actually didn't die there, but um, people have seen his ghosts roaming around the house. And um, they said that you could hear him, hear him, and they say you could actually see him on the stairway and the entrance they say that's the most haunted part of the house um everyone thinks it's strange because mark twain actually died in danbury connecticut not in new york so they're confused as to why why he haunts that building in new york what else um so people said they see him perched on a windowsill and at one point someone had an encounter with him and they saw him, and he says, My name is Clemens, and I has a problem here. I gotta settle. So, I looked this up. His, his real name is actual Samuel Clemens, and he changed his name to Mark Twain later in life. So, that is interesting. By 1937, the house of West, West 10th Street had been converted into co-ops, and the building was made into 10 spacious condos. The actress, Jane Bryant... And her daughter lived there um, on the top floor in 1957. She said almost immediately that the house is haunted. And she had some weird instances where she saw stuff move and all that stuff. And um, she even writes that she's seen ghostly figures standing in the hall And um, someone tried to touch her and she ran and tried to touch them back and she said it was very chilly and damp which is kind of daring because if I saw a ghost I would run away this woman actually ran to it she ran to the ghost and tried to put her hand through it that's so strange so this actress she's an actress like I said she hired a paranormal investigator that's that's interesting because back then how did you even know that was a thing so she invented it. She invented hiring paranormal investigators. Also, she wrote a book about her experiences called Spindrift and it was a best-selling book. And um, she talks about spirits and how the house has been haunted. So Jane, Jane started it all as Jane, the goat of paranormal activity. I would say so. Uh, Jane, she, uh, Jane Bardell died shortly after completing her book. Which was a New York Times bestseller. Um, What else? So October second. So she passed away, like I said. But October second, 1987, tragedy struck. The police have been called, and um, how do you say her name? This woman's an author, Nada Newsom Newsombum, said that her six-year-old daughter Lisa wasn't breathing. The paramedics arrived, and Lisa was laying there naked, unresponsive on the kitchen floor. Uh, the paramedics saw that the brother Mitchell was tied up and s- to his playpen and soaked in urine, and the mother was covered in bruises and had several broken bones. Police found marijuana, cocaine, crack pipes, and $25,000 in cash. Unfortunately, the paramedics weren't able to save Lisa, the six-year-old girl. The autopsy concluded that she died of blunt force trauma to the skull. Correction, repeated blunt force trauma to the skull. So it was more than one hit. Her father, who was a lawyer, Joel Steenberg, was charged with first-degree murder and um, cocaine possession. He basically had a cocaine binge, and he lost his temper and took it out on the kids. And the jury found him guilty of second-degree manslaughter, and he was released in 2004. And people have said, They've seen lights flickering and a little girl in a white dress. I'm still on the fact that he got charged with second degree manslaughter, which is essentially is he didn't mean to kill her. If you hit a six year old multiple times in the head, in my opinion, you're trying to kill them. You know, so I don't understand how he got off for killing his own daughter, which is terrible. So yeah, this house is very haunted and you could actually walk by it. So I encourage you to walk by it. It's very dark and desolate, which is weird because it's in the Greenwich Village. So go ahead and check that out. This one's real spooky. So it's the haunted well in New York City. It's located at 120 Spring Street in Soho and it is in the COS clothing store which is a luxury clothing store and it's in the basement well in the store so you could see it when you walk down it's not a working well or anything but they kept it because they they stumbled across it like in the last 20 years so the murder happened in 1799 so back in the day uh downtown soho was swampland and um that's where the well was made so let me get to it so elma sands was 22 and lived in a boarding house she lived with her sister catherine and family catherine owned and operated a hat business and employed 20 people including elma she had other people living in the boarding house including her sister-in-law a man by the name of levi weeks who was a carpenter levi and elma lived there in the house and they were secretly engaged I don't know why it's a secret but they were engaged and it was secret and some people knew like like Alma's sister knew so the night of Sunday uh, December 22nd at seven 1799 so a long time ago around 8 p.m. Alma and Levi decided that they were gonna go out and get married and um, I believe she told her sister that she was gonna get married Catherine had a weird feeling about this and she didn't want her to go that was the last time Catherine saw her sister, Elma, alive, unfortunately. They ended up not getting married that night. Levi claimed that uh, her and, him and Elma never went out and she stayed in the house. Several witnesses said they saw Elma and Levi together that night. In fact, a homeless woman remembers seeing Elma because the homeless woman fell really hard and Elma went up to her and asked her if she was okay. Around 8.15, neighbors heard screaming around the well, and the, the it was a woman screaming, help, help, I'm getting murdered. He's killing me. Uh, no one, I don't understand. No one went, went and investigated, which is crazy to me. That's like the innocent bystander effect. We'll get to that another time. Levi comes home alone and Catherine, the sister of Elma, says, where's my sister? Where's Elma? And he goes, oh, I have no idea. She didn't come. She didn't go with me. And she was like, yeah, she did. Weren't you guys supposed to get married? He was like, oh no, we never got to that. Like, homie, you killed her. Terrible liar. So, Elma was missing for like 10 days. Finally, Catherine's husband, for some reason, he went to the well, maybe to fetch water. He found the body of Elma. She had been beaten and strangled and thrown down the well. Obviously, all fingers pointed to Levi. And there was a trial. The trial took place in seventeen ninety nine, but Levi Weeks came from money, unfortunately, and he was acquitted and he wasn't charged with anything. He got off scot free because his brother was a super influential builder in New York and he had the connections, unfortunately. So her murder her murderer was never caught, which I think it was Levi. Um, but what was his motive? Maybe she was pregnant and he didn't want to have a child with her. They didn't really have um, tests like that back in the day. But that's a possibility because you could just break up with her. But if, she, if she's like, hey, I'm pregnant, this is your kid, this is your problem too, probably off term. But yeah, you could still go to that well and, and that clothing store. And um, apparently you could hear her screaming. That's what they say. And you could find her walking around Soho. So that's the legend of the the Manhattan murder well. And go ahead and check that out. This next story, I actually have an encounter with. So my sister and I, we went to the merchant house. And the merchant house is a house in the East Village. And it is a townhouse, I mean. And um, it was built in 1832. And it's the oldest townhouse in New York. And... That's turned into a museum, and they dressed it as if it was the 1800s. So everything looks like it's from that era. It's really cool. They put food like it was back in the day. They put uh, the bedding. They everything looks like you're you're in a time capsule. You're stuck in the 1800s. So this place is haunted by the owner's daughter. I believe she died there. She never married and died there. So, my sister and I were downstairs at the museum, and it was just us two, and um, we walk out to the courtyard and walk back into the kitchen, and mind you, it's just us on that floor. The cabinet is opened, and there, there was no wind, there was nothing like that, and I was like, did you... That, that was closed earlier. She goes, yeah, that was closed earlier. Who knows? Maybe it was the wind, but... It was very eerie. So allegedly that place is super haunted and um, that happened to us. So that is true. Spooky. This is probably my favorite fact about New York City. I think it's just very interesting because no one knows about it. So Washington Square Park, everyone goes there. It's by NYU. It's in the heart of Greenwich Village. It's beautiful. It's fun. I was actually there the other night at 10 at 10 o'clock at night and it was packed with people singing, dancing. It's a fun park, man. Washington Square Park used to uh, have public hangings there. Um, There's a tree still there that was used to hang people. The wrongly accused, the murderers, the rapists, whatever you were, you would get hung there. Another fun fact about this park, Washington Square Park, is that it used to be a burial ground. So there's about thirty thousand people buried under Washington Square Park. They used to bury poor people, and unfortunately all the African Americans were buried there. Um and a lot of people that were Jane Doe's and John Doe's, the people that were never claimed. So it's a very sad story about all those thirty thousand people. So as you can imagine. It has to be haunted. I've never seen anything, but people have said they see figures there at night. Um, might be, you know, crackheads. <laughs> you never know. But it's haunted and it's wild. And actually, there's an island off of the Bronx called Heart Island. And it is a burial ground. It's called a plotter's field, which we still use to this day. And it's crazy to me because, for example, if we... have if we find if the you know the city of new york finds a dead body that they can't identify that's where they're buried and it's it's creepy because if you find a body in queens they're buried wednesdays there so wednesdays if you find a, bar- a, a body in manhattan that's fridays and do you know who buries them prisoners which is interesting prisoners will do it and they're in a pine box and that's where they're buried and there's like over a million people buried in this island it's crazy to me google it it's called heart island and you can't go there there's no tours there's nothing it's just land you could you could google it it's the shape of a heart and um i believe there was a smallpox hospital back in the day there or ty- typhoid fever hospital one of those but it was a hospital too and um Yeah, there's over a million people buried there. You have to realize the city is of 8 million people now, and the city's old. We've had a lot of people buried there, so yeah, the prisoners do it still to this day. It's wild to me. Until next time, I think we're going to continue the spooky stuff this whole month and maybe into November. I love that spooky season, I really do. And uh, next week, we'll talk about more haunted stuff in New York. Um, maybe I'll get into horror movies and dissect them. I think that would be funny slash productive. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, I have got to... Here's a recommendation. You have to watch Stanley Tucci Searching for Italy. But I'm warning you, don't watch it. You should watch it after you ate your dinner because my mom and I were watching it. Oh, let me tell you what it is. First of all, Stanley Tucci will go to different regions of Italy and explore their culture and food, desserts, wines and everything. And last night he was in Naples, Italy, talking about the origins of pizza and the margarita pizza. And my mother and I, we had Chinese food earlier. We ended up ordering late at night a margarita pizza because we couldn't. We were watching this. We were getting hungry. But you should watch that. It's on HBO Max now. But it originated on CNN. But man, it's a good show. But anyway, Little D's, thank you for listening. I hope you have a good spooky season. I'll be back with more recommendations and more D.